Every month, the Digital Ramble will receive a regular source of income from supporters who've pledged through Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, having your ongoing support means we spend less time thinking about business and more time creating quality content for you. Customized, based in Norfolk, England, are proud sponsors of the Digital Ramble. Check out our all set up services. It's smart home installation with ease. Customize.uk.com. Also supporting the Digital Ramble is Digital Delight, making holiday tech shopping easy. Take a look at their website at digitaldelight.com forward slash shop, where they are featuring six must-haves to turn your basic home into a smart home. Hey there, Ramble Force. Scamble here from Customized. Joined as always by my good friend from Digital Delight, Together we are the Digital Ramble. JJ Cannon, how are you doing, sir? Uh, Gamble, I am doing great, man. I am so happy to see you again. I know yeah. it's been a exciting couple of weeks for you. Yeah, apologies, I missed last week's show, um, but we're back. The duo is back, but um, I am joining you as with a new addition to my family. Uh, my wife and I had a baby last Thursday. So when this goes out, she'll be nearly two weeks old. Uh, little Rose Elizabeth was born and uh, has just been brought so much joy to my, our family and it's just been such a happy time. And I'm tired, I'm confused, I don't know what day of the week it is, I've not slept much, but it's just been great. Um, and it's been awesome to, to spend time with, with my little girl in her first few weeks. Man, it's exciting to, to bring new life into the world and uh, see that miracle of, you know, it's just incredible. I don't know if anybody else has had, or, you know, some of our listeners have uh, obviously have had children and some of them haven't, but man, it's just an incredible experience. And uh, I'm excited for you and Anna and, uh, you know, little Jack over there. So cool, man. Glad to have you back. Yeah, well done for keeping the fort, uh, keeping the kettle on the boil last week. Um, I know it's tough to do a solo shift, uh, so well done. Man, I tried, I tried. Now this week, to keep it topical, we're going to talk about tech and babies, tech and parenting, tech and mums, tech and dads, and how in the first sort of week, week and a half, how the use of home technology in my own personal house has made it so easy and efficient to get things done, to make changes, to check on things. Um, by having a smart home um, and a, um, you know, a newborn baby in the house and how I'm typically walking around one-handed, holding the baby um, at all hours, trying not to wake other people in the house and how I've used technology to to make things super simple uh, by creating routines and schedules. And all, I'm going to talk about all the cool things that we've used our smart home in a very different way from how we've used it uh, previous. Yeah, it's amazing how whenever you find a need through technology, you can actually provide a solution. Uh, and, you know, I'm assuming you're going down the, the lines of talking about voice control and single button operations that does multiple functions for you, where in the past it used to take multiple steps to accomplish the same thing. 
That's correct. And the big voice has been a huge uh, benefit to us. Um, moving around the house, needing that hands-free control uh, to be able to um, ask for lights to come on, set a timer, uh, turn on TVs, adjust volume, close the blinds, um, things that, you know, you take for granted having a smart home and it's all the nice things to have when you're, you know, chilling out in your house, you know, with all, everyone's grown up and people know how to use it, but to actually use it when I can't get to my phone or I can't pick up my tablet, I can't get to the control panel at the other side of the room because there's a baby sleeping on my chest and, you know, I'm, I'm laid down on the sofa and I'm in bed and I need to adjust that lights. I need to turn off this TV because it's going to maybe wake the baby. Um, that's been fantastic to use voice control. Um, and I know by using voice control as well, not just the room I'm in, but I can adjust things elsewhere, like the climate, like the lighting. I know I might have left kitchen lights on or I may even be able to turn on or off an appliance like our kettle uh, and our, um, our heating as well. You know, and one thing that you talked about is being tired. You know, I, I, you're on limited amount of sleep and and you're still you still have the normal functionalities of your home and yes it's convenient to have technology but honestly it uh it's more than convenience in the sense of if you have a multi-level home and you need to make adjustments to something up on the fl third floor and you're just exhausted you're just ripped it's so nice to have technology that can actually you know uh, um go upstairs and do whatever function you need to do without you physically having to go up there. Right? Well, that, that's, that's one of the great things about, um, you know, we use Apple Home, uh, HomeKit in our house. And just by able to say to Siri, you know, are there any lights on upstairs? Are there any lights on in the kitchen? You know, name a room, name an area in the house and ask it, what is the temperature in my son's room? And it'll come back and say, hey, it's 21 degrees there. Okay, turn that room to 19 degrees. But keep the room where the baby is. Obviously, I want a, a warmer temperature there. That ability to just quickly, you know, call out to rooms and areas in the house, get some feedback from sensors, um, thermostats, um, light bulbs, and, and, and then make decisions based on that feedback. That is what I love about a smart home, that ability to get data and information from other areas in the house uh, and then make decisions based on that. You know, I was talking to one of my buddies uh, over the weekend and he and his wife, they have a new baby as well, but they have also moved into a new home and you really don't understand the impact that smart technology has until you kind of move away from it. And he yeah. was calling me saying, Jay, you know, I, I need you over here. My wife is in need of their Caseta system installed in their new home, you know, one for the for the new nursery. But just the realization of how much you actually relied on it uh, prior to not having it again. And I, I keep talking about my dad and the farm and we installed a, a lighting control system out there. And I've never given my dad a gift to where he, every time he sees me, he talks about how impactful the lighting control system has been for him and mom out at the farm. It's, it's incredible how 
people don't see the need until they live with it. And then sure. once they live with it, they're like, oh, my goodness, I didn't realize or understand the impact that having some smart tech in your home can have. Uh, and another one is my mom was telling me yesterday. She's like, you know, Jay, I came over to your house and I wanted to listen to my radio station. And I just happened to ask Madam A turn on, you know, this particular radio radio station. And she was like, I was amazed. I yeah. couldn't believe that it just direct dialed and I could listen to my tunes with simplicity. You know, she could walk into my house, knew that I had a Madam A, didn't necessarily know where it was, but she spoke, she requested and it provided it. It, it was crazy. It, it was cool. Yeah. One of the things we've used our, you know, we use our lighting system a lot at home. We have Lutron Ratu Select in our house. Um, but in the last two weeks, I've made so many adjustments to the scenes, uh, the schedules in our house. And that's been very easy to do using the Lutron app. I've made the adjustments, saved them. And, you know, when things change and maybe people return back to work and things like that, we'll, we'll change the schedules again. But having a system where, yes, it's a smart lighting system, but that one that you as the homeowner are able to make the changes needed there and then, you know, you're seeing the need to change brightnesses and times uh, and which lights come on or off at certain times of day to make those changes without the last thing i wanted to do is phone uh, an integrator or, or a smart home installer to come around at this time when i've got a new baby and we're you know pro very private time for family and friends just to visit and you know i can make the changes myself i can change our heating schedule on my nest thermostat or in fact that's been very good because that's actually just learned that they're, we're home and we've started to crank up the thermostat in the in the bedroom and the lounge and the kitchen. Those rooms have been kept at a much higher temperature than before, and it's starting to learn that pattern. Um, that's a you know, Gamble. That's a huge point that you just touched on there, in the sense that you have smart technology in your home, and if you have a new well, you're like you said, you're private and, and you have a new baby. You don't necessarily want to have to call an installer to come out and make an edit to whatever your lighting scheme is. The devices that we talk about, like that Lutron uh, control system, whether it's Caseda or Select or Lutron Raw 2, can easily be edited. I mean, you're, you're a tech, I'm a tech, we can do it. Sure. But there's a lot of people that uh, that might not have that skill set or that patience, especially with new babies, but they can literally call us up and remotely we can set up those schedules or set up those routines and and set up those different lighting intense intensities remotely. We do not have to come out to the house to make those adjustments. We can provide you with that privacy. Sure. Um, so lighting's played a big part. Um, Let me ask you, are you doing cameras? You got any uh, baby cams? We haven't, we haven't had to utilize any indoor cameras yet, but what I've found really helpful is our outdoor cameras. In our house, we have uh, ring cameras, doorbell and ring uh, floodlight cameras. And just getting that heads up that someone's outside, maybe it's the midwife, Maybe it's the post postman. Maybe it's um, you know a friend visiting, whatever. Getting that heads up when we might be 
you know, in the other side of the house, changing the baby or we're loading up the washing machine, get that notification on my phone or my smartwatch or hear that chime on the on the, the ring indoor chimes that we have dotted around the house. Just that heads up that somebody's there. And if I need to see it, I'll ask for the echo show in the kitchen to pull up, uh, you know, show me the front door, show me the, the driveway, show me the, the back garden. So I'm using voice control to, with for surveillance uh, to pull up my cameras on a very tactile screen. In fact, maybe behind me, you can see Google Home. We've put that in our kitchen as well. So in our house, we run Google Home and Echo Show um, because I'm always trialing things real, real time in my own house. I want to know what it's like to live with them. Um, so I can pull up the cameras and it's been really helpful again, where you can't get to the door or you can't uh, get to the window to see who's outside. You can pull it up on the smart TV or on these touch screens around the house. One of my favorite things that that I was unaware of with Ring until I started living with it was the chime. And what I really liked about it was in the evenings that that sense of awareness and knowing what's going on outside your house. And you can set it up to where if there's just motion, your chimes yeah. uh, alert you. So somebody doesn't necessarily need to go up and press the doorbell. But if you have it set up in a certain way, if there happens to be motion outside, you're you're made aware of it and you can take a peek if you want to. I love that yeah. sense of understanding. That's that's actually one of the coolest features of smart doorbells. That especially the ring does it really well. When you have the chime paired up with it, that motion detection and that little wind chime noise that it makes very comforting. That you know that you know somebody's on their way home or they're very close to the door or there's somebody at the door and they don't know they've got to press the smart doorbell. <laughs> We've had that before. What do I do? I don't know. I don't know how to work this thing. You know, uh, you just press the button, but they don't do it. But you know they're there because you've got that heads up. Now, cool fact on that one: the chime. I have a chime here in my office, and it will alert me if someone presses the doorbell in my home. I haven't so, gone there yet. That's pretty through, slick, man. Through your Ring app, you can set a chime to alert you from a doorbell in another property. So providing it's still in your Ring account, you, have, you can have your home and your office or your home and holiday home and get alerts from both. If you're at home and somebody presses the doorbell at your holiday home, you'll know, and you can even have it as a different alert, a different ringtone, um, that, that somebody's at your house or your, your office or your second home, for example. That's so. cool. And so you're, you're saying, and, and we do this for like front and back doors, you know, you can have yeah. a different chime depending on which person or, you know, which uh, entry somebody is at or which area yeah. somebody's at. But man, I've never thought, I didn't realize you could do that. That's pretty cool. In I, a way, that's, it's an inter, internet connected chime that through the cloud is getting alerts from a doorbell dozens of miles away or hundreds of miles away if you needed it. That's pretty slick. Yeah. But, that's pretty it's slick. Cool. So what else are you doing over there that's that's kind of unique or finding some ease of, of life with technology? I will say some of, the, some of the boring things have been timers. The amount of timers I've set for heating up milk or reminders to, to turn off like the sterilizer or um, reminders to go and pick up my son. <laughs> He's uh, like the 
forgotten child now. <laughs> Poor Jack. Like, oh, yeah, I've got to pick him up from school. Um, How about a reminder to take a nap, Gamble? Yeah, I think, yeah. I think you need to put a reminder in there for that. Using the voice assistant as truly as an assistant and a, and a little bit of a an extra an extra brain cell uh, in our house just to be able to set those reminders, set those timers. Um, so it's this, it's been good to to use a voice assistant to to give me a little bit of helping hand. You know, one of the coolest things that I really enjoy using is the Madame drop in. And, you know, I'm, a, I'm away from the house a lot. You know, we're out deploying a lot of systems and, you know, I, I can't be at the house as often as I like. Uh, but with Madam A and the drop-in capabilities, it's, um, it brings us, you know, it allows us to still have some visual communication. It's something more than just a phone call. Seeing, you know, your family has a huge impact especially whenever you know us uh, you, know, you know some of the providers have to work late and often and you know it's great to have that feature of video conferencing is essentially what it is for uh, for the general public that brings that extra personability to, to communication I, I would like to see in 2019 and, and, and beyond people using their voice assistants more as their as their house telephone, as their house intercom. I really wish people would use that feature more to call mom, to call dad, to call the playroom in the house or to call, um, you know, your sister in another country. You know, the, the ability for your voice assistant to be able to be used as a, as a very easy to use telephone. I think it, I would love to see the end of the house phone I don't know if it's a thing where you guys are so much, but our houses, we have like cordless telephones around the house and you have a telephone number for your home and it's like your landline. It's your main house telephone, but nobody's using it anymore. You know, people are using their mobile phones and WhatsApp and Skype and all these things. Um, but I would love to see the voice assistant becoming the new house phone. Yeah, absolutely. We have some clients that still have a landline uh, but it's mainly for business purposes like faxes and things like that. But a lot of people have gone away from a landline. They just saw it as an additional expense uh, that was just unnecessary because everybody has, you know, their wireless device within six feet of themselves at all times. You know, that, that, that wireless device is, is available to them. And so the need for a phone is is just like a landline is just unnecessary. It feels weird, man. Like canceling that phone line feels really, really weird for for the first time. I remember when my parents cut their landline and yeah. I, I grew up with it. It was like 30 years of, of my yeah. landline that we were saying goodbye to. And I don't know, it was like saying goodbye to a good friend or something. <laughs> it's like weird. One of the, one of the things that we've, used a lot um it, it does seem a little bit um a little bit lazy and you know a bit of downtime but because we've spent so much time at home we've watched more television in this last two weeks you know when you're up late watch you know feeding a, a baby um you know you, just, you start getting into some shows on netflix or prime or on bbc and uh, you know i've watched a lot of tv and 
it's been good to have a good media streamer that keeps up to date with all the programs and the different preferences that I have and that Anna has and my son has. So we've, we've been watching a lot of TV just as background, you know, background noise a lot of the time. But I've caught up a lot on binge watched a few few shows that I've been wanting to watch. Uh, so I've used my Apple TV to do all my streaming uh, for those platforms I just talked about. Um, and it's been it's been good. It's been a bit of a guilty pleasure to, to catch up on some some, some shows. Yeah, we're a we're a big Roku house, and and I and it has a lot of the same streaming services that Apple TV has as well, and I enjoy whenever you're watching a movie and then you're searching for another program. And I don't watch necessarily a lot of movies. I watch a lot of documentaries, uh, and I like how it kind of starts learning what your interests are. So it starts populating other things that it might think that you'd be interested in and uh, which, you know, creates awareness of something that you didn't even know was there. I I like that simplicity. I I do like that about Netflix, although I would say that sometimes Netflix kind of takes over what it thinks you should like and you don't get shown some things that you might want to like, you know, I've, I've, got that um frustration sometimes with netflix that it's so heavily weighted towards maybe the last couple of shows i watched um and it just keeps giving me more and more of those things and i'm like i don't want to keep watching you know crime thrillers i I had that you know i've done that for the last few weeks i want to watch some comedy and trying to find new new content um for comedy it never throws it up in the in their algorithm as much as uh, as I'd like it to. Right, right. So what else has been going on, my friend? Uh... I tell you, what's been a nice a nice bit of tech. Um, you know, getting up late at night, middle of the night, walking through the house without waking anyone up. We've got a couple of the Nest Protect smoke and carbon monoxide detectors, and they have a really cool feature that built into the unit is a little halo of light that they call a night light. And as you walk past it, it gives that reassuring glow when it detects motion nearby. It glows up and just guides you through like a path light through your hallway, downstairs, entrance hallway, kitchen hallway. We've got them around the house and uh, they we've always had them. But again, it's just it's kind of re-engaging me with the tech that I have that I just think that's so convenient. I've not had to until I get to the room I'm going to, I've not had to turn on any lights. It's given me a nice convenient path all the way through. Uh, even if it was just to go to the toilet or the bathroom or, or we were going all the way down to the kitchen. I know I don't need to worry about turning on any lights because Nest Protects are going to guide, guide the way. You know, Nest thermostats also integrate with like your Lutron uh, systems as well. And I've noticed, and I did not realize this, but I noticed that whenever we walk through our hallway and our Nest thermostats sense motion, not only does it illuminate so you can see what the climate is in in your uh, environment, but it also illuminates a path. You know, and and it turns on the lights for you as you're walking by. If it happens to be a dark environment, 
I, I love that feature. I, it was unexpected. I didn't realize it was, you know, designed to do that. But now that I understand that that is a feature and a capability, I love it. I, I think it's a great ad uh, for something that I was not intending to have. What, one thing that we, you know, we had to have a couple of hospital visits during the first week. Um, a couple of things weren't quite going to to plan with the little one. And, you know, we had a couple of trips back to the hospital. But what kicked in was uh, our geolocation settings on our system, on our heating and on our lighting. So what made it really convenient when we returned back from the hospital, it was dark, you know, it was winter here. Um, the house lit up upon our arrival. Um, hall lights came on, bedside lights in the bedroom and, and the, the lamps in the lounge came on. Um, it's one of our, you know, kind of like welcome home scenes. So it was great to have that in use as your hands are full with the baby carrier, bags, uh, maybe we picked up some shopping as well. So we just needed to get in the house and uh, the lights were all on and the heating had kicked back in uh, to, to get it back up to that temperature that we like. Um, so that's been cool to use geolocation. Um, we use it anyway, but again, just using it um, for for a true benefit rather than that, you know, nice to have luxury benefit. It's been, it's been nice to use that. That's cool, man. We are, that, that was cool. We are right, we're getting ready to shift gears here. Okay. We, we, we are getting into that segment of, well, this week it's Gamble Ramble. And uh, so let's go ahead and fire away there, Mike. Are you ready? Uh, we got what? you. We got you a new sound, brother. Nice. <laughs> Hit it again, Mike. All right. All right. So <laughs> let's okay, roll so. into the gamble ramble. What you got for us today? Okay. The, the whole the whole thing that covers under the topic sack the rack. Okay. Now I've talked about this before, and you've talked about it certainly more at length, and I've seen you talk about it on social media that. The rack in the in the house playing such a big part in where all the technology was stored in the past. Um, but you and I and many others now are starting to see that less is more. You don't need to have this rack full of gear. You can have equipment stored locally in rooms. You can have um, you know smaller amounts of technology doing the same and more than what they did in the past. You know, multi music systems and uh, lighting systems and. Uh, video systems not needing tons and tons of black boxes anymore. Now, that's cool. We know that that's not needed anymore. But what's bugged me over the last few weeks, I've been still keeping up to date with social media, is I'm seeing the return of lots of pictures on social media of racks. The use of racks being used to promote our industry, it's it needs to stop. It's not something that consumers making informed decisions about technology need to see. You do not sell cars by showing them pictures of engines, right? You show them the interiors, you show them the exterior, you show them the, the stats around you know, economy and, and performance. But you don't show them the engine and the pipes and underneath the, the chassis and the, the exhaust. Yes, that can be available to see if needed by the supercar nerd. So why are we showing them the guts of a home technology installation? 
why are we not showing them? And, you know, yes, people are showing them all the other parts, but there's a lot of professional installers going so heavy on this cupboard with shelving and black boxes and blue lights and cable tied wires and labels and heat guns. It's, it's driving me nuts. And, and people will think, well, Chris is just picking on us, you know, because he doesn't do that kind of installs anymore. Well, all I'm trying to say is people in this industry stop producing dull content to sell smart home. You're not doing yourself any favor and you're not doing the industry any favors. Get out of that rack, that cupboard, start taking pictures of the nice things, start talking to customers, start doing live videos, start getting, you know, in other parts of the house, just easy on the rack pictures. It's not, it's not doing you any favors at all. It's making you look like nerd of nerds. You know, <laughs> it needs to stop. It's just, it's like a throwback to 2010 when it was the only thing we could take pictures of that we felt comfortable. And people have gone back to that uh, comfort zone of taking pictures of racks, and it's it's like a step backwards to me. So, sack the rack. If you still have a rack, fine. But don't take pictures of it. It's no need. I, I like, and I'm going to just add to that a little bit, Gamble. I like talking about the experience. You know, uh, there's probably a lot of firms out there that, that engineer systems that are rack-based, and it might be necessary. But showing a picture of a rack does not necessarily discuss the why you know, of, of what does that hardware do? And I really think that's what it's about is the experience that our services and solutions provide rather than in like you're talking about with the car, you know, it's a complete unit. It's not an individual part of a, of a vehicle, but it's the entire experience that the entire package creates and not necessarily the focus of just that one item. And, uh, you know, like you said, less is more for me. I'm a sack the rack type of guy. I got a lot of heat on social media this past weekend for, you know, uh, showing unique ways of how we are deploying and engineering our systems. And they do not include racks. Uh, I'd much rather have a client take that investment and expand their technology on their house rather than invest in a piece of metal. You know, I, I'd rather them invest in a larger experience. And uh, sometimes uh, that'll allow a client to do irrigation control or lighting control or climate control. Some things that they didn't realize uh, or some things that they didn't was not in the budget because of what I consider unnecessary items uh, that are being provided uh, that really you can do without and uh, expand your system in other ways uh, that... You know, I, I really, I do think that the rack still has a place on the very large residential and, and commercial projects. I get that, and I'm not against it. And we use racks for, you know, termination of our Category 6 cabling and, and sometimes our coax cabling and speaker cabling. And we use that on the big jobs with a heavy infrastructure. But for the everyday Joe home, um, you know, system local is the way. Um, I'm so excited about the new Sonos amp coming so that I can start to put that right next to the TV, plug in that HDMI cable, a pair of nice speakers and a sub, 
2.1 systems going into houses um, around the TV with the amp nearby, um, your harmony control, doing all the, the, the remote control and app control that you need for all the AV. Um, and, and the lighting doesn't need to be in big panels anymore. We've got the, in the UK, Ratu Select system where the dimmer is up in your ceiling behind that first light in your circuit. Um, you know, there's no, it's, things are moving to a different way. Your TV is having no inputs. Your TV won't need any inputs. So why are you hiding all the stuff in a cupboard when the box that's, you know, the current thing that does plug into TVs at the moment is the size of a USB stick or a large matchbox. And even that's up for replacement as we move to input zero, with no inputs to the screen, full of apps, including, you know, we saw at CES, the inclusion of iTunes and, and Siri and HomeKit. And there is no boxes going to be in your TV soon. The mm -hmm. TV comes loaded with, with all the, the interfaces you need from the providers, whether it's your terrestrial TV provider, your, your pay-per-view services, your on-demand, Netflix, Prime, iTunes, you know, it's, there's no stuff to put in the rack soon. You know what, Gamble? We're going to have to turn this Gamble Ramble into an episode because we're passionate about it. We see things in a different way. We're up against the clock here. And so next week, let's go ahead and expand upon this Gamble Ramble and talk about how we are seeing systems that are engineered in a different way that allows clients to do more with their budget as well as with less hardware less wires yeah. more reliability so i think that's going to be a great topic and mike would you go ahead and bring up our music for us here uh but gamble great show today man and i'm super um excited to hear about how you're using technology how rose is benefiting you know from the technology as well as uh mama and uh and, and of course jack he's not being forgotten about so <laughs> next week you have to ask me what did you do, Chris, when your TV blew up today? My TV blew up in my house. It blew yeah. up today. All right, we'll talk about Next it. Week, did we'll the, talk about did the genie smoke come out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it did. Right. All right, brother. I will see you through. I'll be talking to you throughout the week, and you have a great time. Until next time, friends, thank you for joining us on the Digital Ramble. You can find us on Instagram, of course, on Facebook. Uh, drop us a DM. Hit us up with a comment. We really greatly appreciate you. Take us out, Mike. Every month, the Digital Ramble will receive a regular source of income from supporters who've pledged through Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, having your ongoing support means we spend less time thinking about business and more time creating quality content for you. Customized, based in Norfolk, England, are proud sponsors of the Digital Ramble. Check out our all set up services. It's smart home installation with ease customize.uk.com also supporting the digital ramble is digital delight making holiday tech shopping easy take a look at their website at digitaldelight.com forward slash shop 
where they are featuring six must-haves to turn your basic home into a smart home. 